Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, and along with my partner and co-host, Jack Humphrey, we are the founders of TheLeveragists.com and Divisio.com. That's D-U-V-I-S-I-O.com. How the heck are you, Jack? Well, I thought I was going to escape allergy season this year. I was getting really cocky about it because the things that typically happen haven't happened all spring until a couple of days ago. <laughs> oh, Then no. it happened. Wow. Oh, I yeah, hate so I sound that. Like a, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm listening to myself talk from somewhere else. It's that kind of stuffy head thing, but... I'm on the other side of it, I think. I'm just uh, going to need a couple days to get back to normal. Have I ever told you about my miracle drug when my allergies are bad? Tell me, please. Whiskey? It's the same thing I do for colds. It's called Tylenol Cold and Flu, and you want the severe formula, but only for the daytime formula. The nighttime formula doesn't seem to work. Tylenol cold. I'm ready to do anything at this point. The reason I call it a miracle drug, I can literally set my clock by it. It's an every four-hour drug, and at five minutes to the four-hour mark, you know that it's time for your next dose. I mean, it's that accurate. And everybody (laughs) I know that has tried it does exactly the same thing. But the four hours in between, it doesn't even feel like you're sick works for colds, it works for allergies. I've never tried it with the flu. But colds and allergies, it is fabulous. Awesome. We should have uh we should have gotten a little uh uh remuneration for that plug. Come on, Tylenol. Yeah, right? <laughs> Tylenol, if you hear us, send some our way. I'll take a lifetime supply please. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we have a fantastic guest here today. Amy, let's see if I can hear you yet. Hello? Oh, if you if that's you, Amy, know that we cannot hear you for some strange reason. I'm going to try and mute you and unmute you again and see if that helps. Oh, I think that's her, Jack. Can you hear that? Really, really faint? Yes, she sounds like she may be just entering Jupiter's uh, uh, orbit, (laughs) far, far away. Amy, why don't you try and hang up and call right back? I can't even, yeah, there she goes. She's going to hang up and call right back. While she's doing that, Jeff, why don't you give her the proper introduction that she deserves? I'm looking forward to this. We have today Amy Kodashian, who is the creator, producer, and director of three dynamic television shows, a transformational keynote speaker, webinar presenter, a host, founder of AK Expert Productions, special liaison officer for Women's Federation for World Peace, and Amy is also the author of her biography, Tears of Hope. Her true love Armenian Christian girl growing up in 1975 Lebanese Civil War time. Due to her severe dyslexia and the war, Amy was forced to leave school in the fourth grade. After years of persistence and determination, Amy found the missing piece of her puzzle that was holding her back from moving forward and living her purpose. Today, Amy is an ambassador for peace, helping people around the world to awaken the leader within them and to turn the fear of the <laughs> to turn the fear, the freedom so they can into freedom so they can live their true purpose and make a difference in the world. To learn more about Amy, you can visit aktvshows.com. And hopefully we have Amy now and I can welcome you to Leverage Masters. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope you can hear me. <laughs> now we can yes, hear we you can properly, hear you loud and clear. Amy. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Nice to be here. Amy, it sounds like you awesome. and I have a lot in common. I'm a co-founder oh, of an organization called 10 Million Clicks for Peace. And world wow. peace is certainly something that is definitely high up on my priority list. Do you, by nice. chance, know a gentleman by the name of Bob DeBoss? Hmm. No, I have heard of this name, but I'm not like, not really too familiar. I think you two have quite a bit in common. Um, he was born in Lebanon and lived through the 1975 Lebanese Civil War. He then okay. came to America He's a former professor of marketing at both Notre Dame and, oh gosh, what's this, Columbia. He's now gone back to Lebanon because he was helping to take care of his father when he was sick. And while in Lebanon the last several years, he actually won an award for being the top entrepreneur in the Middle East. I think he won it two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And he's a good friend of mine. I'd love to make an introduction and get the two of you connected. Absolutely. I would love that. I would love that. I will make that happen after the show. I'm going to let Jack take it away for a little bit. (laughs) Amy, it's really good to have you here. I love what I've learned so far. Uh, that's that's your background uh, in, in a yeah. very tiny nutshell, but I really love to ha- ask every guest, what is burning in your belly? What's the fire that gets you out of bed every morning right now? What are you super excited about? Well, I'm just excited to be able to get up in the morning. I could see, I could breathe, I could walk, I could talk, I could eat, I could... I can do everything that I've been giving, you know, to survive, uh, no matter where I am, as long, uh, you know, uh, I'm in peace with myself. Uh, so that's what, what, what keeps me going is I want to share that peace. I want to share it with the world. I want to move people towards peace. I want to move them towards their goals, their, living, living their lives, because a lot of people... Um, as probably you know, we have so much, especially in the United States, we have so much to be thankful for. It's not like we don't appreciate what we have, but we get kind of forget what we have. And that's the, that's the message I like to deliver every day, to, to count your blessings and see what opportunities we have in this country. To, because we are example to the world. We are the best country in the world, no matter how you look at it. I mean, even the homeless in this country, we not homeless, but people on, on uh, food stamps, they still have microwaves in their home. They still have lights. We still, we are blessed. So what keeps me going is to deliver the message of um, gratitude and appreciation of just being in life. Well, with so many books and so many experts and so many messages on a constant basis of how to be grateful, how to have gratitude, how to have perspective, it seems like it's the human condition that people like you must exist to continually remind us uh, and kind of jog us out of our, our um, not complacency, but just being so used to and thinking we just don't have perspective. And I think that probably is true of people all over the world. But especially here in the States, I have firsthand experience in my own life of taking things for granted and for kind of, you know, pretending as if this is the average of the world around and then losing that uh, uh, gratefulness that I should have every single day when I wake up. So I try really hard to do that. But you do have to, you do have to re- repeat the message, and it's good to follow people like you who help us stay appreciative of what we have. So thank you for existing, first of all. Thank you so much. <laughs> and second that. of all, uh, yeah, and it sounds like you're getting a lot of your mission accomplished through your shows. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, about the shows and, and what you're doing there um, along these lines? 
Yeah, um, I have my show. It's uh, I started um, with the vision about humanity, but then I turned it around. I'm like, okay, I need to share um, uh, uh, the expertise of other people to give direction to the people they don't seem they have direction or they're lost. They have visions, they have purpose, but they they need direction. So I start to interview uh, authors, experts. Uh, uh, you know about about health, beauty, uh, about business, about self development, inspirational. But now I'm coming back to the to the main uh, mission that I started. I wanted to start my show about humanity, and um, turning it around now. I'm in the middle of switching from uh, Amy Kardashian and the experts. To the Amy Kardashian show, uh, educating and empowering humanity, because that's where uh, my heart is, is to empower humanity no matter where you're at. And just to come back to what you just said about people like me, uh, what I'm, what happened is even myself, I found myself when I get successful in business, I found myself to even a little bit shift my focus from the the appreciation and forgetting a little bit about my past and focusing too much on my business. And I felt like I've been taken away because I didn't want to go in the memories where I lived 13 years in the war. I didn't want to go there. So I, I shifted my, and I thought I, there's nothing I could do about it. But when I came back and woke up and I said to myself, okay, no, 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 my, my inner voice, uh, I was coming back from the business meeting, my inner voice, my gut feeling, my, all of my being was screaming and telling me that I needed to write my book. I needed to share the, the story of hope. I need to remind uh, the, the people who's complaining about staying in line too long or uh, about the smallest things they don't have. So uh, that's where I shifted. So it is very easy for all of us without judgment because I experienced it myself to get caught up with our lives. And yes, to... Uh, every time if I see myself like even going a little bit away, I, I grab a movie that will inspire me, to remind me of the real life, what real life is all about. So yes, continuing practicing, uh, it, being inspired to appreciate your life, that actually takes you further uh, into really uh, be in touch with your soul, with your spirit. And and I think that's what my show's about. I'm gonna bring more of people's stories because I, all of, everybody have a story to tell. We all have a different level of stories, and um, yeah. I try to choose the stories that will touch the heart, that will remind us, hey, to be appreciate appreciating our life every day. So my show's about that, and also I uh, produce other two other shows. And uh, one of them is book reviews, and the other one behind the entertainment scene with Stephanie Thompson, and the book reviews with Judy Morio. Uh, I started online for two years, and now I I am on television. So I'm taking it to the next level. I'm I'm growing every every day, and it seems like my mission is really uh, taking off because. Um, I'm just focusing on my mission. I'm focusing on empowering humanity and connecting with the Women's Federation, being the special liaison uh, officer for the whole United States. Um, it is a big job, but it is what I live for, is to pr- uh, promote peace. So it's, um, that's what my, my show is all about. And... Um, Everything I do is about empowering humanity, basically. And and by doing that, I feel I'm paying it forward. I'm giving um, hope to other people. I'm, you know, I did all this having only fourth grade education. I never went back to school. And English is my third language. And people now, when they know I have fourth grade education wow. and I established everything I, I did, 
And I have severe dyslexia, not just regular dyslexia, severe dyslexia. I can't read and write. So it's a very, very hard for me to do things that a normal person would do. But I do it anyway. I take one hour more to do what a normal person would do. But it's okay. I just give my time. Instead of watching television, I just sit back on my office and use technology, use whatever I need to do and to get to what I want. So I want to be example to people. I want to leave wow. and something behind me. Well, I don't even know where exactly to begin. I'm just going to do a stream of thought then. <laughs> One, what a wonderful time for you to exist. What a wonderful time for you to, because there's technology. Now I understand the TV, and now I understand the way that you're choosing to communicate and and that it's still hard, of course, but it totally it's starting to make sense. And and what a you know what a time to be alive when the you know internet and everything is right there for you to give you the medium to communicate that's perfect for you right instead of you know and the, and the other thing yeah <laughs> and the other thing is i think people should take heart if they ever worry about things like i do with myself personally and humanity in general how complacent we can become um in our daily routines to um, sort of forget things. Like, you know, when somebody's landing here from another planet, <laughs> they're going to find, or maybe they already have, uh, but they're going to find it very odd that we have to set aside, we almost feel like we set aside time to think about world peace. Which, mm -hmm. when you really think about it, it should be the number one thing that we ever always think about. That and the environment and the really big issues, but... I think a person or a, a being from another planet would find it very shocking to come here and find us going about our daily lives mm -hmm. and all of these things are side projects that we kind of we kind of put off to the side world peace oh yeah yeah and I think part of that is that people feel helpless and they don't know what to do and that's fair and uh but it's weird that we seem to as a species put those things off until they're convenient we go to a conference we read a book we think about it a lot in little spurts of time, but world peace and hunger and environment and stuff like that isn't something that the typical person can stay on all the time. And I was really heartened to hear that after the during the war, I mean, you've been through that, you, your dyslexia, your all of these things, and you mentioned at the top of the show that there was a period that you had to be reminded too about getting that book out and how you know what was really truly important. So if it affects you, then I'm 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 a little bit I feel a little bit better about it affecting me because I didn't have to go through any of those things, and you know and so I love that you are doing this. I love that other people are doing this. But you that makes you Thank the perfect you. person to ask the next question. Why okay. do we need to be challenged to do things that should be should just happen? Like, we should just all be concerned about the very basics of life on this planet. One being that we stop war <laughs> and we stop destroying the environment and this thin little band of existence that we have between the ground and where we can't breathe anymore, this tiny, tiny precious thing, which we've found no evidence of anything like it existing anywhere in the universe. These things seem to be things that should be on the top of people's minds and people should be finding ways to do things about all the time, but they're not. Why do we need to be challenged? Why do we need to like be challenged to think about world peace for a 30 day period of time and, and have people get jogged out of their daily, uh, daily grind to think about these issues, which should be what we are always thinking about. Well, because I believe materials are, um, a human, it's it's just normal for us to forget about why we're here, why we came here to uh, this on uh, this earth. What is our mission? Uh, life could take you. My father used to say, he used to give me this example sometimes. When you swim in the ocean, uh, you feel like you could swim away from where your location is. Uh, like you swim away and you don't even feel until you turn back and you go like, wow, I'm way far away 
ocean can take you away without you noticing what's happening. And I think life mm. can do the same thing. Life can take you away from reality, from where, what you need to do. And just somebody come and say, hey, you're going too far. Or uh, come here, come back to your family. We are right here. Hello, we are right here. So I don't sit and judge people to say to tell you, oh, you're in the best country. We are in the best country. Let's, why are you forgetting that? What, you know, it's, it's not for me to judge that. But I could remind you, and we need more people like shows like yourself to always remind people and share with other people the missions that, you know, the reason I love the Women's Federation for World Peace is because they believe in living for the sake of others. And that's what gets you off of what you um, get stuck in. When we think about ourselves too much, we get stuck in ourselves. But when you live for the sake of others, that's where you feel you're flying. We're supposed to be living for, for the sake of others. Every time I live for the sake of others, I live. And I have my own quote, giving is living. When I give, I live. Doesn't mean I have to give my money. Well, I give my money in different ways. But the true happiness, the true happiness is when you live for the, true, for the sake of others, like the Women's Federation believes. And I truly believe that's the only time we could forget about our problems and not only forget about our problems. You will find your problems has been solved. Because you're not focusing on your problems. And the, 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 the key is not to sit and focus on your problems. The key is to let life guide you. We are guided. We, we have the strongest GPS to take us to where we need to go. And we are very much guided. If I had to look back just 30 years ago when I came to the United States, just 30 years ago, I will never vision myself I'm here today. Never. Never in the million mm. years I would say this is the person I was 30 years ago. No, There is no way. If you read my book, you'll understand what I'm saying. And by the way, if everyone can read it for free on my website, they can download it right now and read it. So if you read that book, you will never, uh, you know, believe that. So, But when you start to live, for the sake of others, which I lived for the sake of my daughter. And that gave me power. When in the war, when after, after the, one of the first bombs came to our home and I lost my favorite brother at 12 years old to a bomb right in front of my eyes, I understood mm. what love means. And then we became homeless. And then I had to, they put me in the mountains separated from my family for three months. And I had to be a mother to my six-year-old brother. I lived for his sake. I lived for the sake of my brother. So I was able to survive going through a huge drama, a uh, 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 shock in my life. Losing my brother right in front of my eyes. Losing my family. And not knowing if ever, ever I'm going to see my family again. And be able to survive. Because at that time, people ask me, how did you do it? Well, because I start living for my brother. So when we live through uh, for the sake of others, we are able to forget about ourselves and our problems and our, our emotions and everything. Living, giving is living. That's how I was living throughout my life, you know. And then I had to get married at 14, three days after my 14th birthday, because my mom she couldn't literally feed me anymore. She's like, okay, you get an opportunity, better, better home to take care of you, go for it. And I got married at 14. I had a baby at 15. I walked into home. They didn't even know that he's getting married. We're getting married. And I was rejected from that home. So I was stuck in between those two. My mom didn't, couldn't hand, uh, uh, feed me. And a, a place I'm in, living with them, they didn't want me. So I was a teenager having a kid, a kid having a kid. 
But what kept me going is my daughter. Every time I have a problem, I use this technique. I just live for the sake of others. I live for the sake of my daughter. And now you could say, well, it's normal to live for the sake of your brother or, uh, or daughter. That is not necessarily true because there's a lot of families, there's a lot of people, they go on drugs and they don't think about their families and, or their children. So no judgment there, but as soon as they put their family first or their children first or peace in the world first, then they forget about their drug uh, uh, addiction. So what happened to me, I learned that every time I have a problem, to take it off of the focus off of my problem and put it into something different. And I was able to survive. And that is my message. My message is if you're going through hard time or you're not feeling like you're giving something to the world, if you want to live, if you want to feel alive, just pay it forward in, in different ways. We don't have to, to give money. People think, oh, I don't have money. I'm barely surviving. Well, guess what? If you are living for the sake of others, the abundance will come to your life. You don't have to give money. You can give something totally different. That's my philosophy, and that's what I like to share. What an incredibly inspirational message that is, too. Thank you so much for sharing this. And I want to dive deeper into this because we've heard people, certainly not people who've been through what you've been through. This is a first. Uh, on this show, but we've had people come in many times, many experts who talk about the giving and living for others and, and, uh, and, and refocusing from your own immediate problems to helping others and how powerful that is and how, you know, and I think this is the cherry on top because for you to be saying that is really all the confirmation that I need, that that is absolutely the truth. And also my own personal experience would dictate exactly the same thing, would say the same thing. Um, but here's the thing. Here's where, so we all, we've agreed that we all tend to float away from the shore and look back and mm-hmm. we become surprised at how far we've gone uh, away mm-hmm. from um, the shore, which could represent our mission, it could represent our family. Uh, when you say that you, you use this technique and you immediately start to refocus and serve others, can you tell me about the mechanics of that? Like, what does it feel like to you? Because I have mental, I have a mental uh, uh, kind of reaction to when I get on mission. You know what I'm talking about? When I, when, when you mm-hmm. get on track and you're like, okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. And it it's, can be a really big relief after you've been off track for a long time to feel like, oh, yeah, here's that focus that I love. Here's that service that I love to perform. Here's the helping I love to do. I'm supposed to be back here. And right at that moment, you wonder, why did it take so long? And can I, can I hack this so that I can make it happen sooner, so that I can make it happen without these big, long pauses or, or drifting away from shore for too long? And this could go for people in business, trying to succeed with their business or family, personal relationships, all that kind of stuff. What do you feel like, as somebody who has done this a lot and very much on purpose, what's it feel like to turn off thinking too much about yourself and your problems and turn on your mission-driven focus to help serve your daughter or or anybody else around you? So we can give people some insight into what it should feel like and what we might be able to, to get ourselves out of those other situations more quickly. Okay, so you're asking how you can get quickly out of that. Pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention to the now. Pay attention. Stop. Put 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 the uh, put the brake on. Uh, that's first thing. So if you're in a, in a, in a, on the shore, you're 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 losing your you're far away, getting far away from your family. The only time that you can catch yourself before you go way too far is by stopping. And turning around and see where you're at, accept where you're at, and be okay with it. Because the problem is that some people, they think, oh, I'm too far. I'm too stuck in my own life. I don't have time. I don't have money. I'm barely surviving. And how can I help others? I don't have anything value to give. Or 
they're giving their money and they're thinking, okay, well, that's it. I'm giving my money. So I'm feeling not guilty about it. So, yes, I'm living for the sake of God. I'm doing my part. But not really from the heart. So it's not a sure. It's not something that you, when you, when you give something, it's not about just this is my responsibility. I'm paying it and that's it. If you think that yeah. way, you're going to stay stuck. If you are giving from the heart the attention and intention and being in it with the spirit, that comes from a different place. Rather than say, okay, well, I'm, I lost my place. I'm too far away right now. I don't think I can go back ever. Uh, but maybe I could just wave and say goodbye. Uh, well, I did my part. I'm just waving. I'm saying, I'm okay. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Well, that's not enough. You, you, just, you need to yeah. have the effort to swim back and then swim back to the, humanity, to, the, to the core of your message, the core of your soul. And that's where you feel you lived again. Otherwise, you're going to feel lonely and you're going to go further and further along. We are meant to be together as a human being. We meant to help each other. We meant to put our hands together. And the time that you want to swim and you want to ignore that you think you're alone and you want to be alone because you think nobody else should help you or I am independent, that's the time you're actually not. You're not. You're not pushing. When you are coming to the shore back, putting our hands together as a human being from the heart, you're activating the energy. You're activating the heart. So it's like a candle. If you don't have a fire to, to uh, lit up the candle, you're not going to see the light. So the candle alone is not going to give you light. And if you have a fire just in your hand, you're clipping like a lighter, and it doesn't stay too long. It's not going to stay too long like the candle, right? So you need both. You yeah. need the spirit, you need the emotions. It's not just the money you're throwing in the church and you're going every Sunday to church and uh, giving money there, and I'm done. Now, I'm not right. saying everyone should step in and, and go feed homeless and everybody should come in and do this and do that. No, we could, we could serve in totally different ways and to find your own unique way of serving. I don't go to homeless and serve them. Not necessarily I do that. I do that once in a while. But that's not what my mission is. What my mission is to empower you to do what you do best to share more of you. That's my mission. And some people right. have a so you're, you're actually Go ahead. Well, you're leveraging too. Because you, because you can say uh, you can eloquently uh, deliver a message that is powerful and um, inspiring, then it would almost be um, a misuse of your greater powers to only go in your local area and help in a homeless shelter when you can turn around and inspire people from your pulpit to do that and so much more in grand armies of people who are out doing those things. Thank I mean, you. you're obviously meant to be in a bigger place to broadcast the inspiration that's needed to activate lots of people. So you're yeah. in the right place, and absolutely there's no guilt there. It would be a misuse of your powers to only use it in a local way uh, exclusively. But I wanted to get yeah. back to um, – I wanted to get back to this mechanism. So you said something very, very important, which reminded me of the importance of my, uh, my own regular meditation practice. You said you had to think that you had to turn around to the shore and face it. Well, if you don't know you're drifting, that's the part that could say that could take the long time. Like whenever you remember to be aware and in the moment, but if you have a regular practice, and it doesn't have to be meditation, and you don't have to call it that, they all have the same, you know, <laughs> they all have the same outcome of mindfulness. If you have a daily regular regimen, which I am prone to get off of, sometimes I get too busy, I'm like, ah, I'll do it in the afternoon. And guess what? I never meditate in the afternoon. Never, never, never. Mm -hmm. If I don't do it in the morning, the day is lost. 
because it won't even be the same exercise. My mind will be muddled up with work and everything else at the time. And so for me, uh, I have to I have to make it a regular practice. And when I and in the morning, and when I don't, when I get off of it, is when I'm floating away from shore. And I'm not aware that I'm floating away from shore, nor am I aware of anything else because I am not present and I'm not aware. I'm floating. And so I think the mechanism, one of the mechanisms that could be used here is a daily practice. And whether you remember at any given moment why you're doing what you're doing is immaterial if you put the mechanism in place that will remind you what you're doing on a daily basis. You just say, well, gosh, I feel kind of lost. Go meditate. Hey, it's time to meditate. You will always find your bearings, I've found, and remember what the most important things were. Reattach yourself to the reality that you that you are in. Look around, turn to shore, find out how far you've drifted. And also, then the second thing that you said, which I thought was really uh, important to revisit, was that trip back to shore could be instant. It's not really a distance at all. It's a metaphor, but mm-hmm. the metaphor sort of starts to break down. When you get reconnected, you find yourself back on the shore. The minute that you're reconnected, you're on the shore, and it's an instantaneous thing. There's no traveling to be done. There's no distance to be covered, and I think that would help people listening because we all feel like that. It's like, oh, I've gone so far. I've drifted too far mm-hmm. off. I'm too broke. I'm too this. And you can turn that around. I think we've I think we've done some good here today. Did I say anything that you'd like to expand on? Well, um, you talked about meditation, and this is so so um, not funny, but it's so odd that you talked about that today because uh, I learned I I couldn't meditate in the war. So because we had. At times, we had to wake up in the middle of the night, and then the, you, all you hear is like, and then a bomb drop, right? And if, we used to say, if you mm-hmm. run from the first one, if you're saved on, uh, from the first bomb, most likely you'll survive the second one. Because by the second one comes in, you're already running to safety. So we didn't have time sometimes to be walking in the middle of the street and you have a car bomb. Or, you know, you could be uh, swimming in the ocean. We'd be swimming in the ocean and all we see is this bomb starting and we had to run inside and hide. So we didn't have really sometimes a, a long time to meditate. Some people went on medication. Some people commit suicide. Some people went on depression. Some people survived and thrived. So for me, I used to tell myself either I'm going to, either this is going to break me or make me. Either it's going to break me or make me. I need to stay up. I need to do this. I need to do that. But what the most thing that I learned, and now I'm going to share this with other people, is that, yes, people think meditation, we need to meditate. And then uh, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it might be. But I have not seen anyone, anyone talking about how can you meditate in one, less than one minute, less than one minute. Uh-huh. And that's what I learned to do. What I learned to do in the war is after a long uh, two hours or three hours of bombing around where we live or whatever it was at that moment I was dealing with, um, I was able to kind of go in the meditation state in less than one minute and come out uh, refreshed. That was, to me, how I survived. So what I'm doing now, I'm going to start to talk about more about that because that is very powerful. Like you said, sometimes you don't have time to meditate all day. And what can you do? You say, oh, I'm going to go five minutes. It's going to take me away from what I'm doing. What I'm going to start teaching now is actually this less than one minute it will boost you to even give more because it's like you turn off your computer your phone or computer and turn it right back on it it performs better right so it's exactly the same if you don't if you believe that you need to meditate for five ten minutes you're not going to do it but if you know that there is a possibility that you could turn off your mind 
for less than one minute and go deep meditation, come back out, any problem you're dealing with, you'll find solution for it because you're boost, reboosting yourself. That's what I'm teaching right now is the importance of the less than one minute even going to the state of in touch with your, with your spirit, in touch with your soul. And then when you do that, you are able to really actually come back up more powerful. I had so many friends here, they used to tell me because, I mean, when I start to, after I wrote my book, I want to, I, I didn't know that I needed to really speak about my book. I was so ignorant about it. And uh, then I hmm. discovered books, they don't have legs. So I had to deliver my message. So my husband, I was married American, but he never corrected my English before because he understood what I was saying. Now I found myself doing interviews, national uh, radio, uh, on the national radio, but I couldn't even explain what I wanted to explain because my English wasn't, I didn't know how. So I had to take action towards relearning how to speak English in order to be on your radio today. So what I'm trying to say here is, you know, we give up on, on ourselves because things sometimes it might be a little bit hard. But um, when we boost ourselves, we could, find, we could find a way to overcome anything and everything we want to overcome in our lives. So meditation is, is very, very important. And that uh, short meditation is extremely, extremely important to our daily lives life, especially now in this day of time, because we don't, nobody has time to meditate anymore. So I'm, I'm right. that's what my well, mission is. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having maybe a little bit of an epiphany here, and, and I want to get your feedback on this, but we talked earlier about once you get connected, reconnected, the distance between you at that moment and the shore instantly is obliterated. You go and you're immediately back on shore. It's not a distance and it's not time. And so what if time is the problem that everybody gets messed up with, with the mechanics of meditation? They always ask, how long is it that to what they feel like they have the time to do? And they make a decision as to whether or not they can do it. What if time isn't the issue at all? When you bring up less than a minute because bombs are falling and you live in a world of chaos, and it just forces you, if you're going to connect, you're going to have to do it now. It would be the same thing as if a satellite was flying over at a certain time, and if you were going to connect to the outside world, your sat phone, you have to be there right at that moment when the satellite's flying over. That pressure produced in you the idea that the same kind of connection that we're seeking in 20-minute, 30-minute, two-hour meditations or whatever you subscribe to or, or have heard about, the same exact powerful connection can be made in less than a minute. And Absolutely. maybe time doesn't have anything at all to do with it. Maybe we're screwing up by telling people uh, you should meditate for this amount of time. And maybe that's what? not the right way to do it because it immediately screws people up. Time is only in this physical reality. It's not proven mm -hmm. to exist. In, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes, I mean, if you can meditate for long term, if you could do it for your mind, for your body, whatever you want, it's okay. It's nothing wrong with it. It's not going to hurt you to have that long meditation, but it's going to hurt you if you don't practice at all. So why not? Practice because it it's supposed to, yeah, yeah. So it's going to hurt you by giving that's up. That's really powerful. Right? So that's that's what I Right. Think. That's how I And where I think people are... Yeah. Well, Go I was ahead. just going to say, I think that's what people end up... We, we end up doing that disservice to ourselves because we think only in terms of the me the mechanics and the length of time that would need to be dedicated to it, and we're missing the point. And if, if you are saying that it is possible to make that connection in less than a minute, and that backs up other uh, notables like Thich Nhat Hanh, who teaches people to meditate everywhere in every kind of situation, and, and mm -hmm. most notably not sitting on a pillow with your legs crossed and incense burning. He talks about everything, walking meditation, super, super short meditations, uh, mm -hmm. all the different scenarios that you can meditate in that people don't think, oh, I have to be in a quiet spot, in a quiet room, in a, 
And he's been really good at that. And now you've added the less than a minute meditation thing, and it's starting to point toward time and effort are not the issue. But it's the issues that judge whether or not we can meditate on, and we don't consider we're always just no distance away from the source. There's no distance and there's no time between us and the source. So why shouldn't it take 30 seconds? Well, right. I think I think what we um, we think of physical at all times. We think if we want to go to the moon, the whole world have to you know they have to put all the technology and all this stuff to get to the moon. Or if we want to go to Mars, or we want to go find another planet, or uh, we want to learn more about the sun, how much work we have to put to even get closer to the sun. We can't even get close to the sun, but to even, you know, understand a little bit more about it. But we forget that we're comparing everything with the human body instead of comparing with our soul, which is you can close your eyes and be in the moon on top of the moon in a few seconds. In a few seconds, you could be there, but not physically. But look how powerful our imagination, look how how deep we are, how deep we can go in one second. We just fly, be, you know, in a few seconds. But people, they don't value that because there's no material. Well, it's another thing we take for granted, right? We started at the top of the hour talking about, being appreciative of what we have and having that perspective. It's another thing that I totally take for granted. Our imagination and our ability to travel right now, uh, by only looking at it from, I can't physically get on a plane right now and go there. And even if I did, I wouldn't be there for 24 hours if I was going someplace like Australia or something. And so what's the point? I'm not even going to, we take, we take our imagination and our ability to travel in our minds for granted as well. As maybe a second-rate trip. That's just what people who can't do it do. So I'm not going to even bother with that. But I think we fail to exercise that huge muscle of of imagination when we cut it off like that. And you know how I get to where I am? It's my imagination. I imagine I want to have... Uh, I want to I be the example to the world. I imagine I want to uh, pay it forward somehow because, you know, I, I, I didn't share deep about my brother, but I'm supposed to be in that room, and he's supposed to get to the kitchen to get his tea. And me being selfish that day because he was trying to help me with my vision in life, and he said, I'm going to help you to become a teacher one day. And I said, no way, because I was repeating class year after year. I said, no, you sit here. I'm going to go get your tea. I mean, I'm supposed to be gone, not him. So for me, I felt guilty of living all my life. So I imagined oh, wow. if I'm going to live, I'm going to have to give. If I'm, I'm going to live, I'm going to have to make purpose of my life. It has to be purpose for me to live. And everything I imagined I want to be, I'm an I'm a ambassador for peace. I'm working with Women's Federation for World Peace. And not only just working with them, I am the liaison officer for the whole United States. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm connecting them. They are uh, the, the, you know, they give me purpose now to wake up every morning more. I'm reaching everything I want to reach. I'm inspiring people. I'm doing everything through and all started from my imagination. Literally my imagination. When I came to my husband from that business meeting that, you know, I, I, I took my cottage. And, uh, I was imagining myself. I'm on the freeway driving in the United States in a brand new car. I couldn't believe this is me. This is the person that has no hope, no opportunities, no education. I mean, I was uh, meeting with customers. They never, nobody knew I couldn't read and write. I used to take their business card just to write it on the invoice. And so I can copy it. 
I used to write everything on the side, consignment, 30 days, because I didn't know how to write them, but I knew how to pinpoint to it. It's like a, basically like you're, you're a blind. And I, I did all this, and, and I'm, but then I'm driving on the freeway, so I felt this is the day where I felt like I need to write my book. I cried. I, I pulled my car down, and I was sobbing, crying, not believing this is my life today. And I did not want to forget and forget everyone who's been through what I have been through. Anyone is struggling in life to give them hope. So I felt the purpose. I had to come back to shore and reach out and, and connect because I was hiding. So, you know, yes, you know, when, when you have something, when you remind yourself of the core of your life and core of your message, you find power, you find energy, you find the way you do it. And all starts from your imagination. Everything starts from your imagination. So how can we underestimate that? I don't understand. This is the reason this is the reason I asked I, I wanted to guide it to this place. I imagined it coming to this place because I think what you've done is just expose the real key here. For everybody has heard your story. Everybody's keenly aware that you've been through things that most people haven't and no one should ever go through. And for you to be where you are today, you've just described the key ingredient, the ultimate leverage in life and business and everything else. So if anybody missed that, if you're not feeling that the way I obviously did, you need to rewind right now. Go back. Listen to what Amy just said, because I really feel like that holds the key. You're not the first very successful person to come on here and say a similar thing. So there's a there is a, a pattern emerging here that I'm starting to understand, and I hope our listeners are too because it's very very important. We used to do shows where we would talk about mechanics, um, how to leverage, uh, and we occasionally still do how to leverage software, how to leverage tools, things like that for business to go forward how to leverage tactics, specific tactics like joint ventures and things. But as Gina will attest, we've gone away from that, and I think it's been a good thing because all of that stuff is just details. There, that stuff filled out for you. You haven't talked today about how hard it was to put your book together, how to figure out how to get the book together. With your disability, how in the world? I still have a question about that, but I don't even want to ask you that on this show because you've talked about the more important thing about how you got to where you are and how everybody gets anywhere significant, and that is your imagination about stopping and thinking about how you want your life to be, who you want to serve at all times. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that that's the principal core thing that got you to where you are today. Absolutely. I, I truly believe that. And I think, uh, yes, everybody talks about it and, uh, there is there is a true uh, truth in it uh, be, because there is truth in it and 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 I want to share that truth. I want to share it from different perspective. I want to share it from a, tr a true experience of overcoming something that almost impossible. I mean, I know you know it's almost impossible. My husband told me, well, "You never read a book in your life. How are you going to do it?" And I said, I have my why and the how will appear. And so now I'm, I'm teaching classes. I finally, I put together classes on how to tra transform your thoughts from wanting to doing and having everything you want. So what happened is by the end of the classes, there are four classes. The first class is absolutely free. The other three classes made them so affordable, it's not even funny, but I want you to get it to people. By the end of the fourth class, you'll be surprised what you're going to hear. And, and honestly, it just came to me the last minute. It came to me the last minute because I'm so connected with my, with my soul. So it's not Amy saying it. It's something downloaded from somewhere. And I was surprised. Thank you. It's like, really? Is that what you want me to say? And it, it just came out from nowhere, from the truth. 
But it came out from nowhere, and I'm like, I'm not repeating the class. I'm going to leave it the way it is. And I found myself uh, uh, hearing again because I had to do the editing with the with the person who helped me to edit and everything. And I was listening, and I, I could see sometimes my English, I didn't maybe pronounce the S or something. And I said, you know what? Who cares? Who cares? Whoever is ready to listen to these classes, they're ready to listen to the classes without judgment if my English is correct or not correct. So I, I'm, I, it will be, they will be ready in this couple of days on my website. And um, I encourage everyone, the first class is free. And uh, no, no obligations, nothing. I'm not asking for credit card, nothing, zero. That's my gift to the world. And uh, if you, they choose, uh, they choose to go for it and uh, the, download the other four, three classes. It, I made it ninety-seven dollars for all of them. So I just to keep my expenses, you know. And by the way, when I wow. speak, I'm a keynote speaker. When I go to speak in any event, and I sell my book Tears of Hope, I send the money back to the refugees in Lebanon. They come from all over, like, you know, refugees from Syria, uh, Jordan, or whatever, wherever they're coming from. Uh, it's, you know, just to help children and family who, who's going through, lost everything. And, um, and that's my mission. My, I told my husband, I'm, if I write this book, it's not mine. This, I won't keep a penny from my book. That's not mine. That's for me to pay it forward. You know, so... I have a lot of well, to do. so that's I, uh, I mean yeah, I think there is a lot of work to do. I think there's a lot to do. I think when we second guess uh the way we say things like if i if I wanted to, I could go back and focus on my interviewing style and i and I can be very, very critical, but the thing that I come back to is that it was important to do it, and I think it from the very first beginning thing when a cell first split in half, that very first cell that ever existed in life on this planet, what if that cell was critical of the way that it split? It didn't do it with enough style. It didn't do it, you know, and it would have no perspective to do so, but bear with me. <laughs> but what if it did? I mean, how would that have screwed up everything that followed, the very first cell? It just decided, I have to do this. I have to split. If I don't do it right this time, I've got a trillion, trillion, quadrillion times from now that I can perfect it. I'll do it that way. And it just kept going. Life just kept going. And I think that's a, what we're supposed to do because usually we're too critical anyway and nobody else even thinks what we think is wrong is even wrong or was a big deal. And so what if it is? If the message is conveyed, you go yeah. for it. You do it. And you need to keep going because you've done all of these things and you ended it up with, I have so much more work to do which is totally true. We should always be moving forward. And a lot of people would say, well, you've accomplished so much. You should take a break. And I don't think we're here to take breaks, not like that. No. You know, I think even when we take breaks, we're doing it by vacationing in places where we can help uh, people, where we can, you know, both relax and get a, you know, but also it has to continue to have meaning. I think when we get detached from all of that stuff, we're just on a carnival cruise, and the only thing we can think to do to eat it to be interesting is eat all day, or whatever they do on carnival cruises. <laughs> and it's Absolutely. boring. People just can't, you know. A lot of people can't live on that. So tell me again well, the website that people can go to to get into your circle of influence, so that nobody misses the new course that's coming out. Which website is that? It's um, uh, www. TVshows.com. AK, my first initial and last initial, my AKTVshows.com. You could watch all of my segments, the other ones I produce, and uh, also uh, my classes. And uh, read my book right away. You could download my book and read. There is a lot of lessons in the book that you could, uh, you could, you know, gain from there. And just to recap what you just said, I, one of my quotes is, um, you don't have to be perfect to be beautiful and powerful. All you have to do is just be yourself. I live by that. All I have perfect. to do is just be myself. 
Well, that is a beautiful, beautiful end to a great, great show. And I, we are so, I'm so sad we're out of time. We need to have you back. You are not a one guest wonder. You need to come back someday, please, please. We have to continue this conversation. I would love to be but, back. And I awesome. Will say well, thank you so much for being experience. on Larry's Masters today, Amy. Thank you so I will much say for from personal experience, Amy and Jack, I have an exercise I do that's a visualization that I can do in 20 to 30 seconds. So meditating in less than a minute is really powerful. It's probably my number one tool in my toolbox. Thank yeah. you so much, Amy. This was a fabulous, fabulous conversation. I look well, forward thank you for to talking me. to you on a future show. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Black Book page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.